Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, as the man said, the host of Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. Today, I'm the co-host because I am joined by... Jamie Stegmeyer of Stonemeyer Games. Jamie, thanks for being my co-host again today. I'm looking forward to this. We have a great top 10 list to talk about today. We do. Um, it's actually, in this case, yes, it's top 10, but it's nine things. And we're taking this from Seth Godin, um, who's got a great blog out there called Feet on the Street. And we've picked nine topics. How would you describe these? Nine things that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, almost all of them are daily things. Little ways to... Uh, and to, to grow your organization, grow your user base, grow, grow your fan base. This is a list I stumbled upon on Seth, Seth's blog a couple years ago, and I've always kept this favorited on my, uh, in my browser. And every once in a while, maybe once a month, I just read through this list and say, hey, what am I, what am I doing to continue to grow um, Stonemaier Games? What am I doing to, to grow? All right, so let's go through it. Now, he's got more than, than the nine that we've outlined here. Yeah. But um, we're going we're gonna to stick with nine. Uh, so let's start. What do you got for number one? So, and I'll, I'll read what Seth says, and then we'll talk about it. Um, I, the number one that he says is write a blog every day, not to sell, but to teach. And I, I think that's a, a huge piece of, I mean, I've taken that to heart with uh, the Stillmeyer Games uh, Kickstarter Lessons blog that I write. Um, my whole intent behind that blog is to teach people. Um, and it's, it kind of ties into our, our previous podcast about comments, not to make them so much about yourself, but to add value to other people. And that's what I try to do with the blog. And I think you, you try to do it with the podcast. There are a variety of formats to do it in. I do. One of the goals of my Patreon account that I'm running, as well as the Kickstarter that I, I, I'm planning on running, is to be able to take this into a daily show. Because I, ironically, it's hard for me to find the time to write on a daily basis in, in my blog, but... I can do the podcast that's available on a daily basis. So it's a very similar concept. Right. And I think something to keep in mind when you're doing this is it, it's great to write about something that you're really excited about and interested in. But before you push publish on that blog entry, look over it and think, how is this teaching people? And maybe you need to add another paragraph or a great question at the end, and then it, it'll enhance it. But if you always ask that question, how am I teaching people? How am I adding value to people through this blog entry? Yeah. Great. Okay, what do we got for number two? For number two, we have connect people in your industry because you enjoy it. What does Seth mean by that? I have been in the tech industry for decades. And yet when I launched my Patreon campaign and started reaching out to these old contacts, what I discovered was is that many of them were intrigued by crowdfunding because they all had little ideas and yet they had – they had never acted on them. Now that suddenly I was reaching back out to contact them, now in my case, I was acting, asking for a little bit of support, but as also they were suddenly interested in reconnecting and talking and, and hooking up and connecting, that type of thing. And I think another way to look at that too, with if, have you ever been to like a cocktail party or a happy hour where someone comes up to you and they say, hey, Richard, I've really been wanting to introduce you to this person, and they introduce you to someone new. There's... That, it feels really good when someone does that because they're saying, hey, I think you're, you're cool enough or interesting enough or smart enough that 
that I wanted to connect you with this other person that I also think is cool or interesting or smart. That's right. I misunderstood. That's right. It's the, it's the connecting of the different people um, that he's talking about. I totally misunderstood the, the, the question. So yes, I agree that, that take the time to make value. There's a guy I know, David Bradford. Uh, if you go out, he's got like 10,000 LinkedIn comments, uh, excuse me, connections. His whole business is connecting people. That's what he does. He has a phenomenal memory to know, remember you, who you are. This goes back to what we were talking about using your real name, remembering people's names in the previous podcast. Take that time to find out what's important to other people and then hook, make those connections. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Tipping Point, has a great section in there about that type of contribution. Right. It goes a long way. Number so three. Number three, yeah. yeah. So Seth writes, uh, hand out free samples every chance you have. Free samples. Now, in the board game space, that's fairly – what does that mean? So in the board game space, it, it could mean a, a review copy of a game, to reach out to a reviewer and just send them a copy of the game. Um, I recently had – and this works with Kickstarter too. There's a guy who's about to launch a Kickstarter game, campaign tomorrow. Uh, that will be, what, the 17th, July 17th, called Quiver Gaming Gear. And this guy reached out to me, told me he was launching the Kickstarter, and he didn't ask me for anything in return. All he said was, I'd love to send you a sample so you could see what I'm making. Didn't even ask me to endorse it or promote it. Just wanted to send me a sample. And I got it in the mail, and it, it's a really cool uh, gaming mat that you can use. And I just and I, I wouldn't even be talking about it right now if he had tried to really promote himself or try to get something out of me. But the fact that he just sent me a free sample just to see, just because, yeah, goes a long way. It does. It goes a long way. Um, there have been, for example, some uh, major product brands have sent out tens of thousands of copies of the real product mm -hmm. to women or men, whatever it might be, a, a personal hygiene thing, and just sent it to them. Razors, deodorant, shampoo. And what happens is that people become a bit emotionally attached to that. So that's a great strategy to use. You know, I recently had a guest on who kind of used this. Um, uh, now I've forgotten his name. I'll have to go back and look. He was just on. It was uh, he went to Gen Con last year and closed his account, his uh, his funding ten thousand dollars by handing out goodie bags, walking right. around Gen Con, and it had a Q uh, QR code. Is that right? Yeah, yeah Q QR a, a QR code that would take people straight to his Kickstarter page if they scanned it. Right. And by giving this stuff away, people were were receiving it, and then he was able to have a conversation and actually raise significant funding. So it's a great strategy. Yeah, it's a great way to get your foot in the door. It is. So number four, Seth says, eagerly pay attention to people who mention you online and engage with them in a way that they prefer to be engaged. A couple of components here. One, we just talked about this in, our, in the last time we were together. Exactly. Coming. Yeah. But there's this last one, and this is really – I'm going to introduce everybody to a, a concept out there called brand journalism. Brand journalism is this new way of doing marketing for companies. And it's the idea is that not that you build a website and drive traffic to the website, but instead go find where your customers are and create content that's interesting to them where they are. And so mm -hmm. I've mentioned before that I write on Forbes. I write on Forbes not as a Forbes journalist, but I, I write for a, a tech company. And we write on Forbes because that's where the customers we want to attract are hanging out. And we don't write about technology. I, I write about, I, mean, I think I mentioned the last time, five stupid interview mistakes that you'll live to regret. And what does that have to do anything with a tech company? Nothing other than the fact that it's interesting and, and people read it. So go – this is what Seth's saying. 
contact them, uh, pay attention, but do it where they are. Don't try to bring them to you. Go find them on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, all those type of things. Right. Okay. So number f- uh, we're on number five. This is about being thankful, showing gratitude. Seth says, uh, I'm trying to look at this list here. Uh, basically, thank someone every, every day. Find something to be grateful for and, and share with the person that, that you're grateful for it. Right here it is. Write a thank you note every single day to someone who doesn't expect one. Yes. And look, if you can, I own, I, I go by stationary sometimes. And every once in a while, I'll write a handwritten note to somebody and send it to them. Mm-hmm. If you, nothing comes in the mail nice except for bills. Well, nothing comes in the mail nice. All you get is bills. Right. And if and if you can send a handwritten note, not every day, but if you can send a handwritten note to somebody who's not expecting it, an email, a Facebook post, I get these from the fans who are listening right now. I very much appreciate it. They will say, hey, I've been listening to your show, really appreciate the impact it's had, just wanted to reach out and say thank you. They're practicing this concept right here, and I very much appreciate it and say thank you to them right now. So, Yeah, it's a great one. It can never hurt to thank somebody. How do you do it? Do Because you, you're... you're a master of it, a Jedi master of following up and thanking everybody. And I, I'm still learning to, I, I always feel like I could thank more people for more things. Um, I don't really know if there's a trick to it. I just always try to keep that in the back of my head that, that it never hurts to thank someone for anything. And so I, it, it when in doubt, when, when I try to, whenever I'm in doubt as to whether I'm thinking, oh, should I thank someone for this? I always say, oh, yeah, of course I should. Thank them for it. <laughs> right. hurt. Why would you ask yourself that, right? Of course I would. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. All right. It's something I need to work on. It's just I think everybody listening probably we all could be a little bit better at it. Mm-hmm. So number six is uh, keep in touch with people who used to work with you or people who used to add value to you in some way. I, I guess it's essentially for people that you've fallen out of touch with. Reach yeah. out to someone once a week, once a day, and, and see how they're doing. So let me share. Uh, this is very personal to me. Um, when 9-11 happened, just like everybody, it was a, a very traumatic experience for all of us. And about two years later, I was disturbed by how I saw people responding to 9-11. Um, you know, make it about patriotism or something like that. Not, nothing against patriotism, but it, it just didn't seem right to me. It was such a day of loss and sorrow. And it wasn't just us. You know, it was the largest terrorist attack on British citizens in the history of their country. So it wasn't just us. And so I started something in 2000, let's see, 9-11. So it had been 2003 where I have a spreadsheet and I call people on 9-11. I take the day off and I start early in the morning and I call people who I've put on this list who meant, who are important to me and maybe I haven't taken the chance to tell them how important they are and if they were suddenly to be taken away from me and I think about the guy who's walking by, buying a paper from the same guy every day and then going to work in the World Trade Center and then the guy selling papers one day, the guy never comes by again. Yeah, and that's a very minor way, but what I've done then is as this list has grown over the years, I pick up the phone and I call these individuals. They're work people, almost always work, it's not family. And I tell them, I call them up and say, I needed to call you today and tell you you're very important to me and that I love you. And then if, 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 if you were to go and leave my life in any way, 
that there would be a hole. So thank you for being you. And some of these people, this is the only time a year that I talked to them because they were important. Well, they're always important, but we were much more involved in work or activities years ago, but they're still important. They, they hold an important place. And so I take those few minutes every year, 9-11, to make phone calls. Sometimes it's the only time I ever talk to that person all year, but they love the phone call. It is a little creepy the first time I do it with somebody, but mm-hmm. um, it's something that's very, very special to me. So I love this this one. Not to, I'm sorry to, to go off into such a segue of a, a story, but it's something that's really, I, I think you just reaching out and just telling somebody how important they are to you, even if it's just a casual relationship with somebody, but you realize, oh, that person's really important. And I think I need to tell them. So there you go. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I like that you set aside a day to do it. For, for me, I, I think the way that I do it is if something reminds me of someone, I don't dismiss that that reminder. Like if, if I smell something that reminds me of the way someone smells or I go to an event and it reminds me of the time I went to an event with someone, that trigger, I, I latch onto it and I contact the person later that day to say, hey, you know, I did this and it reminded me of you. It, I think that makes people feel good and it makes me feel good to connect with them. That's great. And today's technology allows that to be so easy. Email, text message, Facebook update, whatever it might be. Exactly. Oh, that's a great one. How are we doing on time? We have four points left. Well, we got seven minutes left. We're doing good. Let's do it. So number seven is one that that you really wanted to talk about, uh, the idea of having a seminar or training session. Yeah, this is different than the first one, which is writing to teach, as you called it. This is uh, this this is actually teaching. Uh, getting setting up. Uh, I've done these a couple of times. I do a lot of webinars and training. But take the time, twenty thirty minutes, put a webinar together, and 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 host it for people you know who would like to know more about a particular topic. Just teach them. Kickstarter is an easy one because everybody seems to be becoming inter- more interested in Kickstarter. But take the time. Webinars can be done quite easily and free. Google Hangouts now are free. The opportunity of you just simply setting aside some time. Be sensitive to people's time, though. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not one for these two-hour training thingies. 20, 30 minutes, hold a Hangout. This is what you're going to talk about. And you see a lot of people starting to do it now with their Kickstarter projects where they're helping educate other people about Kickstarter. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that one. Okay, what's next one? Number eight, talk positively about the competition. Oh, this is, this is you. You're all over this one. Yeah, this is one that I, I, really, I really love because I think it, we see a lot of people talking about themselves online quite a bit. And I think, um, like for example, you know, I, I run a board game company. Um, the people who follow me on Facebook want to hear about what my board game company is doing. That, that's one of the reasons they follow me. But I think I've noticed one of the reasons, one of the ways that they really choose to engage with me is when I talk about the competition, when I talk about other games I love or other game companies I love or other blogs I love. It makes it less about me and it, it kind of shows that that I love this whole industry that I'm a part of. I think that attracts people. And this industry for so long, the board game industry, was quite small, and now it's gotten so much bigger. Kickstarter has made it so much bigger, hasn't it? It, it really has, yeah. And I would say it stands for any industry. If you, were, if you were an author, don't just talk about your books. Talk about the other books you love. Speaking of books, you have been approved to have your book published next year, haven't you? Indeed, yes. I, I, I will have a book about Kickstarter and, and, and my story and hopefully other people's stories that will come out in fall of 2012 from a publisher called Barrett Kohler, which is actually in San Francisco. Uh, you said 2012. You mean 2015? Uh, 20, 
<laughs> I'm going to travel back in time and publish the book. Well, sure. So yes, 2015 here in San Francisco. So that'll that means you're going to have to come to San Francisco at some point, right? I actually will. Yeah, they have a, a, an annual author day that I'll be attending. Awesome. We'll have to meet up then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, okay, where are we at? We at number number, number nine. nine. So this is build your permission asset by one percent every day. Every day, 1% more people are eager and happy to hear from you. And this is a great one for Kickstarter. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, what, what Seth's saying here is his, one of his first major marketing books was called Permission Marketing. And then the idea is, is that you reach a point of relationship with your potential customer where they're willing to give you permission to sell to them. They're not, not just give you permission, but they're actively, eagerly list, waiting for you to sell them something. And sell is not the right word, but to share something you have that they are interested in. And this is important on Kickstarter, which is why we talk about these momentum campaigns, right? You came out with your uh, Viticulture first, then you came out with uh, Euphoria, then you came out with Tuscany. You're, every time somebody backs your project, they're saying to Jamie, I am giving you permission to continue to sell me and send me more stuff because I like what you have. And this is what he's saying here is focus on building that group of people by 1% every day. So if you have a thousand people every day, how many is that? 10? That's a yeah, lot. For 1%, yeah, that is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Every day he's saying 1%, find something to do to build that group of people by 1% every day. Uh, that's a little aggressive, but um, I think that's a great that's a great topic. Yeah. Hey, we've got a couple of more minutes left. We've hit the nine because this was nine. You said top ten, but it was nine things to uh, that you should be doing every day to help build that um, that base. But I think we've got a bonus one. You have a bonus number ten. What is it for us? So the bonus I have is um, to offer to help someone to help a specific person every day. Uh, we've talked about helping people in general, helping groups of people, do seminars or, or writing a blog entry to help a bunch of people. And I, I think for for this, uh, in the board game space, this might mean that you reach out to someone and offer to proofread their rule book or offer to playtest their game. In the Kickstarter space, it might mean to uh, pay attention to the, the Facebook uh, Kickstarter groups and to take 10 minutes out of your day to look at someone's preview page who's asking for help. So this is a very specific targeted towards one specific person that you that you help. So offer to, to, to preview, to help, to just something tiny that just contributes to them. Right. And what I find this does, not only does it help you often as an editor, if you're, if you're proofreading or, or reviewing something, um, which can help you in, in whatever industry that you're in, in the board game space, the writing space, but it also creates that goodwill, that generosity, that later on, maybe when you need someone to look at your preview page, that person's a little more likely to do that for you. Yeah, it's that, that, that whole karma thing, right? Uh, by giving into the, into the pool of good karma when it comes time for your, time, your turn to kind of to pull out, that there's plenty there that, uh, that you can call upon. Exactly. Great. These have been great things. Jamie, I, uh, we're out of time, but it's always uh, great content. Thank you very much for uh, joining me. Thank you. And, and let's say a th thanks to Seth for creating this great list called Feet on the Street on uh, sethgodin.typecad.com. And Seth continues to be the number one episode of my show uh, as uh, when he launched his Kickstarter. So if you get a chance, go out and, and take a look and listen to that. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. We certainly appreciate your listening and your support, especially for those who are supporting us on Patreon. 
I know I've been inspired. I always end by Jamie. Thanks for listening. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Take care. 